Dr. J Interviews is a collection of candid conversations with good black professional men regarding life and career choices. I'm your host, Dr. J McCarthy. Well, I'd like to welcome Scotty Scott to my show. How you doing today, brother? Doing good, man. How about yourself? Doing really good, man. I'm glad I got a chance to get a hold of you. You're a busy man, I see, man. Yeah, I, I appreciate you reaching out, man. I, and I appreciate you following up because I, I, my schedule is normally packed and I'm terrible at, at, at scheduling things. So I appreciate oh. you, you following up too, man. Oh, I completely understand, brother. And so I'm going to let the listeners know how I found you a little bit later on, but let's just kind of just dive right into it, man. Tell the listeners, what do you do for a living? Well, my nine to five, I'm in uh, oil and gas. Uh, uh, you know, I, I make sure that right people get paid the right amount of money. Uh, and after that, uh, my side job, side hustle, passion is is food and everything that involves that. So that includes uh, food photography. I got a food blog. I do pop ups around town or around the country or wherever somebody's willing to pay me, basically. And I do food videos on Instagram and YouTube and stuff like that. So. Sounds great, man. So he goes by the moniker Scotty Scott, but I'd be remiss not to call you Chef Scotty Scott. Uh, <laughs> and we were, we're going to dive into that. So I want to touch on the oil uh, business real quick, and then we're going mm-hmm. to spend some time there. So what's like a typical day for you in that field? Um, just so, you know, I've got, a, I've got a law degree, and that's why I actually, a little backtracking, uh, I was a sports agent for about three years prior to getting into oil and gas. and. Uh, it was, it was a lot of work, a lot less glamorous than it seems. And Jerry Maguire lost a bunch of money. And so at that time, oil and gas was uh, was booming. It was a big boom. You know, I mean, this is 12, 13 years ago with fracking. And so they were hiring, you know, anybody, pizza delivery people, you know, strippers, anybody who could get on the payroll, they were hiring. You had a law degree. They really wanted you because they knew you could read. So. Yeah. Uh, basically, you know, during my nine to five, uh, what I do is I, it's called curing title. So basically when you drill a well, uh, on that land, you know, you've got several owners generally, just depending on how big the well is. And so you have to be able to, uh, confirm from when title began, which is basically, uh, when the state conveys it to a private individual up until present day. And so if there's any kind of gap in chain of title, then I have to make sure I get the correct documents to clear that up. What that means is that let's say your grandfather owned some land and he passed and he didn't have a will. Well, now you own it, but there's no chain conveying it to you legally. So I had to go in and make sure that there's the, you know, that's just one example, but make sure that all the title is clear in order to pay the people the right amount of money. I got you. Now, now I know, well, I have a couple of buddies that work in the oil field. That's a pretty lucrative field for a position like yours. What is like a a ballpark, like an entry level, and kind of like a range that someone could expect getting into that field? Um, it's, it just depends on the experience level and what you're doing, whether you're in house or contract, or uh, it probably starts about fifty for a contractor and they can go up, you know. For my particular position, probably about about 200, 250. And then after that, you start getting into more managerial aspect of it. You know, same kind of work, but you just, you know, supervising more people, overseeing more stuff. Oh, my gosh. And do you have to have a law degree for that? You don't know. You don't have to. Not at all. You know, as a matter of fact, you know, they, they got uh, degrees that specialize in that now, you know, like petroleum management degrees and stuff like that that people go to school to actually become. Uh, land managers, as they're called, called. How neat! What is the? What's your favorite part of that that you do, you do all day? Uh, you know, it's pretty interesting. You know, when I start, I mean, everything is is online now. You know, when I started off, um, you know, I was living in Houston, and so what you had to do is, you know, you had to research the land in the particular county where the well is being drilled. So, you know, wells are normally drilled out in the middle of nowhere. So I'm out there in like, you know, Pittsburgh, Oklahoma, or, you know, some podunk town in, in uh, Louisiana. And so, you you know, what you would do is they, you know, you drive out to that county and you shack up in, you know, a local hotel for the week. You go to the county courthouse and you read through all of the different documents and instruments to pick, figure out where that 
land started when the government owned it to where it is in present day. And so you see it's it's, 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 it's history. It is history. I mean, I'm, I can remember when I was working in Louisiana, you would actually see slave names on the rolls that were being sold wow. in, in addition to the land, which was, you know, it was, it was a weird experience because, you know, these people still live in that county. They still live in that town. And on the yeah. book in the courthouse is their ancestor being sold, you know. Wow. Amy, one mulatta, mulattress, you know. Uh-huh. Jack, one mulatto, being sold along with a mule or whatever else it was. So it was it was interesting in terms of its historical aspect to it. Mm-hmm. And in addition to it, you know, you when you're when you're driving around, you know, streets are are pretty much, you know, set out uh perpendicular and vertical and you, it's very clean, but that's not the way land is sold. I mean it's jagged, you know, it's like a puzzle. And yeah. so when you look at that, you can actually see the way that the land is broken up between the people that own it. And how it really, you know, passes on through, you know, generations or, or individuals or what have you when it's not it's not as cut and dry as it seems, you know, in, in, in your normal suburban, you know, setting, your suburban house or whatever you want to call it. I gotcha. Some interesting stuff, man. Yeah, okay, well, it's pretty interesting, you know. How, how did you get into that? What, what got you into the oil field? Knew somebody, you know, which is. Typically the way, you know, you, like once again, if you have a, you get a degree in it, you know, and you go that route of uh, um, interning and all that kind of stuff, you know, that you, you can do that. But a lot of times it's just who you know, you know, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately for me, but it's not a lot of, uh, not a lot of people of color on my side. You know, you've got a lot of engineers of all different ethnicities. Um, but once again, traditionally, what what you would do is you go out, you've got to negotiate uh, the oil and gas lease with the landowner. So you're going out into the sticks of wherever, knocking on somebody's door and sitting down with them and negotiating uh, the oil and gas lease for their land. And so I don't know if that has something to do with it. It's also a very, you know, good old boys network, but. You know, I go to my annual conference every year and generally, I mean, there have been several years where I've been the only black person there out of a couple hundred, maybe a couple thousand people. You know, I think the last time it was four or five, but uh, it's, it's it's very old, old boy, good old boy network where, you you know, you just kind of got to know somebody. See, and that's why I like interviewing brothers like you, man, because I, we had a brief conversation before before we started recording. There are so many different paths. It, you know, I grew up in the inner city in Midwest and, you know, you grow up, watch the Cosby show. You're like, hey, you could be a lawyer, you could be a doctor. You knew engineers exist, but there were so many other career paths that we just didn't know, you know, so. Right, uh, right. It's yeah. a be- beautiful thing to see. And then another thing that I think is about your entrepreneur, too, and I kind of tell the audience how how I found you. I was uh, going to do this podcast and I was thinking, like, let me see if I can do uh you know, I'm a foodie myself, you know, self-proclaimed, you know, I love eating, you you can see. And I was telling my wife, I was like, I'm going to find a chef. I want to, I want to interview a chef and see if we can get a recipe for Thanksgiving or whatnot. Uh-huh. And I was on Google and I ran across this article on Pop Sugar and it was called 30 Black Chefs and Foodies That You Should Follow ASAP. So I'm going through them and then yours stood out. They said, I'm quoting this. Drill worthy recipes. Right? <laughs> and then I looked and I was like, hey, the brother's from Fort Worth, man. So I, I added him, you know, and then for a couple of weeks I was just going through, you probably start seeing a bunch of likes show up on your stuff. I'm just, oh, that looks good. To my wife, look at look at this, look at this, you know. So I reached out to you and I, I'm thankful that you were were able to uh carve some time out for it. So tell people a little about about that, man. Uh so actually I I, I started, you know, I grew up Detroit, Michigan. Uh, my mother was cook for the family. My father was always on the grill for the neighborhood. And I grew up around food and just loving to eat and cook. And so um, always cooking for friends and family. You know, I decided at one point to uh, start a personal chef service. And this was about 13 years ago, maybe. And uh, right after that, I got into oil and gas. That's when I started traveling all over the country. And I would be in a hotel room four to five days a week. So it just wasn't feasible. And so once my career kind of, you know, uh, advanced a bit and I was able to have more of an office job, I decided to get back into cooking 
And at that point, social media had really taken off like it hadn't uh, initially. And so when I travel, I like to take pictures and stuff like that. I'm kind of a, just a novice photographer as a, as a hobby as well. And so Instagram kind of uh, combined those two passions of mine. So it kind of drew me to it. So uh, I decided was also not only start cooking for people, but I also tried to get into the social media aspect of it and, and see what that was about. And it really kind of it 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 uh, I enjoyed it because it pushed my uh, creativity. Uh, you know, before that, you know, I had about ten dishes I could roll out for parties or you know any kind of event. But with social media, I mean, you've got to keep it going. You know, you've got to keep pushing the envelope. At least in in what I do, and what I try to do, you've got to keep it fresh. Yeah. You can't just roll up the same stuff. Nobody's gonna follow you. Nobody's gonna like that. For you. So uh, I enjoyed it from that aspect in terms of just uh, pushing my creativity level, making sure I kept stuff fresh, and also just uh, you know engaging with people and, and getting, getting feedback because you know I, I hesitate to call myself a chef because I'm not classically trained in any sense. I call myself a cook, I guess. I don't know what I call myself, but point being is that you know I would you know. I still got a nine to five. So I'm in there winging it, you know, 90% of the time, you know? And so, you know, I can take a picture and it might look good, but I'll be honest with the people. I'm like, look, this looks amazing, but don't try it. It's terrible. You know, <laughs> I did this, what happened? And people will give me feedback. Hey, you did this wrong. You should do that. And it was, it was pretty cool in that sense. I'm like, okay, this is like a, it's like a community, you know, that, that, that kind of helps you, you know, grow and, 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 and learn as, as you're going along, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, for our listeners here, he's being a little modest here, right? So I'm definitely going to post some pictures up and I'm going to put all his social media handles and stuff. But I want to read something here. So he's been featured in Fort Worth Weekly and 360 Magazine. This is a little blurb from the magazine. They said, this is a warning to avoid the Instagram page of cook, drink, eat if you're hungry. If you just ate, it will make you regret whatever you just put in your mouth. This is the beauty of Scotty Scott's social media presence. It's all about the food. With more than 21,000 followers, he must be doing something right. You don't get 21,000 followers, brother, for not doing the good thing and doing the daggone thing, brother, man. So. Well, I, I, I appreciate that. And, you know, there's, there's you know, it's, it's kind of, what do they say? You know, seeing the sauces being made. It's, it's a method to the madness. You know, yeah. number one, you definitely have to have a quality product. And then aside from that, it's, it's, you know, unless you're a celebrity, uh, it's it's a job. You know, it it's work. You have to work to be able to to get people. I mean, if you can go on Instagram right now and pull up something with somebody that's got, I don't know, 500,000 followers and you've never heard of them in your life. And so why is that? Because, you know, you just never come across them. So you've got to actively engage with people, uh, reach out to people. You know, you've got to you've got to work it to get it to a position where it becomes where, you know, it kind of is a little bit self-fulfilling. But it, it's 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 work in addition to all the behind the scenes stuff, you know. Yeah. You do some good stuff, brother. So the other day, prior to our interview, so I, uh, you know, I've talked on the show before. I'm, I like YouTube for learning. You know, some people just like mm-hmm. it for entertainment. And I watch it on my TV a lot. So we went ahead and subscribed to your channel. Man, and there was three things that stood out to me when I watched your channel. First thing was just the creativity, man. Like the creativity and the dishes you make. And uh, what was I wrote some notes down. Uh, the fried spaghetti. Oh, my gosh. That, oh, yeah. The way that you put that together. And, and I don't want to spoil it for people because I want you guys to go watch this vi- this video. Uh, fried spaghetti, the garlic herb, prime rib. Uh, yeah. All that catfish biscuit, man. I was talking about that this morning to my wife. I was like, man, I got it. That catfish biscuit looks so good, man. And it is... Uh, so that was the first thing. I love the creativity. Uh, the mm-hmm. second thing that stood out to me was the music. I love how you infused hip hop. And we must be around the same age because we got similar tastes, man. I, I would yeah. tell my wife, I'm like, yeah, you know, and I'm from the Midwest, too. So, okay. you know, you, some of the music, I love the music. Um, and then the third thing, I like the humor, man. I like uh, people. I mean, they make over their heads. Some of the stuff, the the Isaiah Thomas punch. I was cracking up oh, on that one. You know? Okay, right, so, yeah. So I'm not I'm not a big Pistons fan, you know the bad boys, you know. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate I appreciate talking about them now to my sons, like oh y'all know what fouls are, you know. But uh, <laughs> I only like Dumars from that team. I can't stand nobody else. But I did like what was the squad they had when they had Rip and Sheed 
and oh, Chauncey. Yeah. Chauncey was my boy, man. So I yeah. love that squad, man. Yeah, absolutely. Grant Hill, of course. So yeah. just yeah. assuming you're a Pistons fan if you're from of you're course. from Detroit. I'm everything, unfortunately, I'm everything Michigan fan, you know, you know, Detroit fan. So, you know, we could follow them hard time with our sports teams. But yeah, absolutely absolutely. Yeah. And you know, we're from Ohio, so Michigan been getting that business war. <laughs> well, they've been getting they've been getting that work. All right, uh, but anyway, that's a, that's a different story. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but yeah, I appreciate the humor, man. I, I think I like that she put it lighthearted. And then I'm, I'm gonna tell you straight up, bro. When that human tornado came on, I fell out, man. Man, <laughs> me and my homies, we used to. Oh man, we we snuck and got that on VA VHS, man. <laughs> man, when that house fell apart and he jumped off the side of that cliff, and I was like. <laughs> You think I think it's a, I already did this, did you? Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, boy, if you don't know about Dolomite, boy, that was that was yeah. some air yeah. humor, man. But I yeah. did it. That was me and me and my homeboy. We, we used to sneak forties and watch it in the basement, you know. Oh, that yeah. and all, all the black exploitation film used to watch. Oh it. my gosh, man! No, that's so I just uh, yeah, yeah, man. You know, I try to you know, I try to be something different, something fresh. You know, it's it's a lot. It's it's a saturated market out there, and and I know there's there's things you can just watch where it's a rote, you know, recipe. But you know, I'm trying to give you something. It's entertainment as well. You know, I'm trying to bring my personality into it and, and make it where it's quick, it's fast. You know, I, anytime I'm cooking, either I've got something playing as far as in my in my in my house, or I got something in my head going as far as music is concerned. So I just always try to blend blend the two together as far as just humor. Making it quick, making it where you can keep paying attention to it, you know, with you know the the words and the music and the action, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, still give you a recipe that you can, you know, yeah. try. You know, yeah, and it's so real, man. It, it, it's authentic, I guess. The word I should use, man. It's like he'll make a mistake, he'll put the words on the screen and stuff, and I I like that. It makes it more intimate. And like I said, I'm real big on creativity. I love when people just. You know, like mm-hmm. with that with spaghetti, and I can't even pronounce it. I'm gonna make a fool of myself. But <laughs> but you use like. <laughs> Yeah, pepper cake. and then you put the the squid ink on it, and I was like, yeah, yeah. I would try it though. You know, it was, it was weird. Like you know, it it don't sound good, but I was like, man, it's right, just right. the way you put that together. That's pretty dope stuff. I was reading something else too. It was, um, and I think we got a video for it where they said you were asked to create this recipe using this, um, what's it called, Martin House best made pickle beer. Oh yeah, yeah, pickle beer here in Fort Worth. Yeah, and then you made what did you make? Some beer battered fish and chips. Yeah, yeah. I used the beer in the beer batter. Yeah, that was such a good idea. That, yeah, that's some good that turned out pretty cool. I was I was happy with that. Yeah, good stuff. So, yeah. explain to us what are these pop ups? Now, you you had mentioned that you come, you have pop ups, and you have different collabs with places like this Martin's place. Is, is that how that how does that work? Well, so you know, I don't have a brick and mortar restaurant, and so what it is, you know, a lot of. Um, restaurants or establishments or whatever will bring me in and uh you know i'll sell tickets and try to partner with uh some kind of you know beverage because you know drink is my middle name so some kind of you know liquor or or, or beer company and uh, i'll have a menu out and then uh, you know people come in and, and, and drink and eat and, and enjoy themselves you know um, that's so dope that's so dope that is yeah, so dope. I, I, you know i like it you know it, the thing is i understand if you've got if you've got a restaurant People come there many times for a particular thing. Like when I go to Chick-fil-A, I might have got my in my head, I'm getting this chicken sandwich. I don't want, you know what I'm saying, a salad. I don't want anything else. So if you, you're kind of limited in terms of what you can do because you'll lose you lose customers. But with pop-up, I love it because you just can be as creative as you want. And I also try to, you know, create an environment, create an experience because, you know, I'll be honest with you. There are a lot of restaurants that do very well on great experience and mediocre food. You know, they got a great patio and good drinks mm-hmm. and food is eh, you know, but they're, you know, well known. I try to do both. I want it to be both a great experience, awesome food and, and, and make it so that you want to come back to the next one. You know, that's what's up, man. I was reading another one of those articles that you had said. And like I said, I'm from the Midwest too. And and we first were scoping this place out. We had, like you planned on moving out in Dallas, like in the Plano area. Um, okay. it ended up being on the Fort Worth side. And and you were saying in the article the same thing I tell my homies back home. You know, Fort Worth has a small town feel, 
But it's cool, though, man. Like, the vibe is so cool. Like, you have, I think in one of the videos, you were talking about that Magnolia area. We hang out down there sometimes. You know, good food yeah. down that way. Uh, downtown Fort Worth. Uh, a lot of eateries, family-oriented. And mm. uh, pretty cool, cool stuff, man. So I think it's a cool place for you to stake your residence in, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because I was actually, you know, so I've been with this company probably like 10 years now. And so uh, the office is downtown. Downtown Fort Worth. Um, you know, I've been in office since March, I guess. But uh, I was actually living in Dallas and working in Fort Worth, and so I was in a relationship, and that ended. And, you know, I had a house in Dallas that ended, and I was like, man, it doesn't make sense for me to, you know, I'm about to get an apartment. That makes sense for me to, you know, I love Dallas. Then we makes sense for me to get an apartment in Dallas and make that hour drive or more every day. So I was like, let me just go ahead and get a place in Fort Worth. I'm closer to work. And uh, had no idea, you know, no intention of really staying here. I was really kind of looking around and where else I could go, but just fell in love with it, man. It's, it's yeah. Especially if you're trying to do something right now, it's got a it's got a bit of a buzz to it. It's got an energy, it you does. know, to it where, you know, it's always been Cowtown. It's always had, the, you know, the the stockyards. I always had a great, you know, museum district, but it's like the arts, uh, the food, the music, all is kind of kind of make it a little bit something different, you know, than what it's already is. And it's, it's a cool place to be when you're trying to kind of kind of make a niche for yourself, you know. Some of the old heads were telling me that the, the music scene was real funky, man, real dope, you know, back in the in the seventies or whatnot. Okay. Here. Huh. And I don't know how long have you been here? How many years? So I mean, I'm living here probably three years. Okay. Yeah. So we've been here thirteen years. So okay. and I worked out I work downtown too. Okay. They redid a lot of that downtown area where you see the upside down umbrellas like the Sundance yeah. Square. They yeah. they really revitalized a lot of that area. They brought in Del Frisco's and some other restaurants. Yeah. Uh it used to be where the Cheesecake Factory was. There used to be a Barnes and Nobles there. So Oh yeah, no, I so I mean I've I've been, you know, like I said, I've I was working there for 10 years, but I was just living in Dallas. Okay, so you know about all the... Yeah, and when I actually, when I first got into oil and gas, I was living out west in White Settlement. For, so I was living there Monday through Friday and then driving back to Houston. And so, yeah, I've, I've seen the growth just in a 10-year span, even less than that, of Fort Worth. It's, it's really, it's amazing, you know. It like, is. You're downtown before that square. You know, I tell people, you know, before that square... Um, you know, when, when big events come to uh, AT&T Stadium, which is right in the middle of Dallas and Fort Worth, they used to go to Dallas. Yeah. Now, you know, ESPN or whoever's, you know, showcasing it, they'll come to Fort Worth. It's just more user friendly. You know, they can it set is. up in the square and have people in the background and all that kind of stuff. And now people are gravitating towards Fort Worth instead of Dallas. Which I, you know, I never would have thought that, but it, yeah. it's. It's incredible the way it's, it's been we're able to kind of grow and, and, and somewhat reinvent itself. You know, it has, it has all that Seventh Street area. And then they built the uh, Dickies Arena. That's nice yeah. too. That's yeah. huge. Just huge. Yeah. So, so that's pretty dope. So let, let's pivot right here, man. Let's go go back, man. Let's talk about your childhood, man. Say mm-hmm. you're from Detroit. So tell me about your childhood growing up. Uh, you know, just normal kid growing up in Detroit, Michigan. You know. Uh, like I said, you know, food was always uh, a, a part of my life. Uh, uh, my mother was in the kitchen. I learned, you know, everything in, in there from her. My father, you know, he'd be out in the backyard grilling, you know, rain, shine, snow. You know, you saw that smoke coming from the backyard. Kids are coming coming by to come get a burger, you know. So uh, it, was, it, was, it was cool. You know, I, I love being from Detroit. You know, it's, it's an interesting place. Uh, you know, I think at one point in time it was, you know, the richest city in America with the auto industry and, and, and Motown and everything like that. So uh it was it was it was it was it was an interesting time. It was it was I enjoyed it a lot. You know, I, I get back probably about once or twice a year. I love to go back during the holidays, but uh other than that I'm I'm a been a Texas boy for a while now. What's up, man? So through high school, did you know what you wanted to do when you were in high school or um, so my mother's a teacher and, you know, you, you, you talk about, um, not knowing how many different avenues you can take, uh, in a, on a career, in a career path. And, and 
I'm going to go off on a little bit of a soapbox here. I think part of that problem right now is, uh, you know, student loan debt and things like that that, that occur to people because, you know, when I grew up, I was always a creative kid. You know, I was always loved to write. You know, I was a guy that, you know, wrote the stories in, in middle school. The people had, had, had the whole class laughing. I thought I'd be a writer. And my mother, you know, she's old school. You know, she worked for the Detroit Board of Education for 40 years, you know, worked two jobs. And it's like, boy, you writing don't pay the bills. Boy, you need to be something. My sister's a doctor. And she was like, you need to work for a company for 40 years, get your pension and die, you know. <laughs> and so <laughs> I always had it in mind that, you know, I, 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 that's what I have to do. You know, so I, I, part of the reason I went to law school was just to make money, honestly. You know, my, degree, my undergrad degree is in uh, psychology. And so after being a psych, in, in, in that for a while, I was like, you know, to be able to make money in that, you basically gotta, pretty much got to get a PhD. I wasn't really feeling it like that. But I didn't want to be a telemarketer either or a parole officer, you know, which is what you could pretty much do with a psychology bachelor's degree. So I went to law school. And so, you know, I think we've got a problem in terms of people aren't really pursuing their passion because they know they got to make money. They got to pay back student loans. And so you're going to get a drain of qualified individuals in certain fields. I mean, like if you got a passion to be a librarian. I mean, you ain't gonna make no money. And if you got a degree, you know, what you gonna, you gotta feed your family. If you wanna have a family, you know, so you might not even pursue that. And so I know, you know, I know law is one of those fields where, you know, if you're, you wanna be a doctor, you really gotta go through some shit to be a doctor. You know, you might have a stomach of cadavers and all that, might not, might not, might work. As far as lawyers are concerned, you know, they take any degree basically, as long as you, you know, got a good GPA and, you know, the money is, Good. Now I'm doing air quotes here because, <laughs> you know, I went into, I went into the field of law thinking like, you know, what do you say? Doctors and lawyers, doctors and lawyers. Like those are the two fields that, you know, make all the money. Well, not really. I mean, you know, I got, you know, you can be a lawyer making 30 million or you can be a lawyer making 30,000. I mean, it all depends on what fields you are, what skills you have it's not and you still got them same loans to pay back you know uh you know doctors a little more lucrative but point being is that uh you know I, I grew up and i and i have always had a creative nature but i went into a certain field thinking i had to provide for my family and had to do something and so you know come at a point in my life where i was like you know I'm doing this and it's cool, but at some point in time, you got to think what's going to be best for me and my family in the end. And so that's kind of how I started, you know, getting back into cooking because, you know, it, it, it does provide that, that, uh, that, that, that energy that I need, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a job. It's tough. Don't get me wrong. You know, I mean, you've got seven kids. I got an 18 month old. That's, you know, I, I got a nine to five. When I get out there, I'm cooking, doing a video, taking photos, editing photos. And then we haven't even got into, you know, the whole aspect of, of making sure my website is up to date, which is still behind, you know, interacting on social media. So it's it's a job in and of itself. It's two jobs. It's, it's, it is two jobs. But, you know, it's, it's something I'm passionate about. I, mean, I hate to say it's my passion, but it's, it's like, you know, it's so cliche, but it's something I... I care about a lot. And so, you know, like you say, if you, if you're passionate about it, it won't be a job. It's just it's what you do. You know, I love that, man. I, I love that passion drives your creativity. And I love that that creativity fills that void where people don't know their purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah. If that may, yeah. you know, you, it was like something was missing in your life, even though you had this career, but when you got into cooking and you can express yourself the way you want it, control stuff, it's like it fulfills your purpose. You know, and there's something else I forgot to bring up. I thought was interesting tidbit that I read. You do your photography through your iPhone, correct? I I do. I just bought a phone, but just bought a real camera here in the past probably two or three weeks. But other than that, it was all my it was all, all on my iPhone. Yeah, you know it is, that is so impressive. So my wife, you know, she does photography and stuff. And when mm-hmm. we watched the thing, the very first thing she said, like, I love the lighting, you know, the mm-hmm. lighting that you have for your for for even preparing your food, for taking mm-hmm. pictures of the food, 
and it's like you put thought into it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I hate it. Like, so I, I'm really retentive on certain stuff. So when I'm watching mm-hmm. stuff of people are cooking stuff mm-hmm. and then part of the ingredients start showing like this screen, like the bottom is cut off where I can't see or right. they have stuff off right. screen and you frame everything just perfectly so everybody can see the stuff. And man, you do a good job, man. Good job. Like I said, you, you have that many followers for a reason, man. It should be proud of yourself I, for that. I appreciate that, man. It's, it's definitely, you know, it's all about putting together a quality product, you know, and, and that, and that's where it all begins. Um, I know I, you know, I told folks and, you know, a couple of times, you know, how do you get started? And it's just like, you know, if, if you've got, you got to have a good eye for one. I mean, this it's not, you know, you can, you can do it all you want. If it doesn't look right, it doesn't look right. You know, you got to have a good eye, but you don't necessarily need the uh, high end equipment if you've got one natural lighting, I always prefer to use natural lighting, and and two, just the time you know to, to take into it and see how you want it to look. Now, I've recently purchased a a camera just because I found that um, it's more consistent with the quality. Um, you know, I'm starting to get more work from different brands and stuff like that, and so you know, if I do it on my own and I don't like it, I just won't post. It. But if somebody's paying me to do it and I don't like it, I got to be, I guess I have to be done. You know, I had to redo it. So I can't afford to be having to redo stuff or not look right. You know, I'm, I'm meticulous in, in terms of how I want stuff to look. Yeah. And so I just can't afford to have it not be up to the quality that I want it to be. So that's why I, think I need to take that next step and make sure it was, it was, it's, it's, it's an investment. It's a business investment. Yeah. And, and you're protecting your brand. And this is just so off subject. I just want to just read it. Cause souffle pancakes with apricot butter, mini brown <laughs> butter lobster rolls. I mean, like the list goes on and on with these things. Like, and I like my wife knows when I watch stuff. There's another guy. I forgot his name that I watch. And I try to duplicate some of his recipes. He does soul food. And man, I tried one of it. And the brother put so much salt in that food. I was just like, <laughs> so my wife like, but man. Yours is a different level because, like I said, it's like you're not just regurgitating stuff. You're like, hey, I see these herbs. You know, you could tell that you put thought into it. Like, man, let me be creative. Let me put this together, and you know, mm-hmm. and sit this overnight and then deep fry and then put this on it. And, you know, and, and you're having fun while you're doing it, man, a presentation. It, man, you, you have to let me know when you have another one of those pop-ups because, like oh, I said. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. You know, I thought, you know, 2020 was going to be the year and then, of course, we know what happened, but, you know, 2021, I'll definitely be having a bunch, you know, but oh, uh, yeah. it was it was, it was was definitely, you know, when I decided to do this, you can kind of go two different ways with this in terms of, especially with, like, social media. I mean, there's big, there's huge accounts out there that all they do is just repost other people's stuff. They got a million, five hundred thousand followers, whatever it is, and that's what they do. Um, there are other, you know, people that actually cook, but it's more of, you know, made for everybody in the family, and it's good recipe. It's good food. I'm not knocking it. It's good food. It's quality food. It's a massive following, but I just, you know, you know, when when I'm working my nine to five oil and gas, I have to march their own drum and do what's necessary for that job. And I said when I got into this, I'm not going to subscribe to anything that I don't agree with in terms of my own creativity. Exactly. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But that is at least springing of itself to know that this is what I wanted to do. This is how I did it. You like it, you like it, you don't, you don't. But um, I wanted to make sure it was it, it had it on, it, its own niche to it. You know, and that's and I think that's the way you can be successful in anything. You got to make your own niche and make it yours, make it your own. You know. Now I I just know this is just from human behavior. I'm quite, and I'm just assuming here. I'm quite sure. I guess the question I'm going to ask you is about barriers to entry for for a brother. But mm-hmm. I'm assuming that you probably have some people that are in their feelings. I put it that way because they went the culinary route uh, as far as going to school, and you have a gift. I mean, you just have to, you have a gift, man. You have a gift. Some people just have a gift where that might not be the path for them, you know, and mm-hmm. you're being successful in your gift. Do you get kind of slack from that from some chefs or they kind of, are they kind of snobby towards you because yeah, I've, I've gotten, and it's, you know, that's, you know, I say, I don't call myself a chef. That's part of my own insecurities or whatever, but I have gotten it a little bit. And, and you know, that's, I mean, that's the way the game is played in anything. I mean, marketing, sure. is, 
you know, 90% of success or whatever you want to call it. I mean, you know, it's, it's the method to the madness and, you know, it is, it is what it is. That's all I can say. And I'm, I mean, I might actually go to culinary school at one point in time. If I want to open up a restaurant just to have the, the basics and, and the foundation there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, I know there are people going into culinary school the same way I went to law school because they thought, saw the glamour of it. They wanted to do it. And then now they're out there and it's not what they thought it is. Yeah. Thought it was like. So, you know, you know, you know, one of my things about education, people say it's funny coming from me, but, you know, I don't believe that we're taught to learn. We're not taught creativity, especially, you know, mm-hmm. you can't teach creativity. Uh, right. So, man, keep doing what you're doing, man, brother. I, I love it, man. I support you, man. I'm all for it. And when this COVID stuff simmers down, I definitely, definitely going to connect with you because we work in what probably blocks from each other and I hang out in that probably, area. Yeah. My son goes to TCU, man. So, you know, okay. I go down there to pick him up. Me and my wife, we go to dinner there, you know, when we dropping him off, you know, so. Hey, I mean, you know, there are people, you know, that make a living online, you know, with recipes. And have never fed a soul, and that's credible. But I mean, food is spiritual to me. I'm yeah. feeding you. You know, it looks good, but you have to. I have to feed you. You have to actually taste it. You have to experience it. You know, I mean, for food photography captures the food, but it's not like capturing a building. You can't eat a building. I mean, you can make it look good in a photograph, but mm-hmm. that's all that's to it. You know, food is food. You know, I mean, I say this all the time. It's the one art form that encompasses all the senses, you know, you see it, it looks great, you know, you taste it, you know, you smell it, you hear it sizzling in the other, you know, you, you know, it, it you feel it on your tongue, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, so my thing is whatever I'm doing, I still have to feed people, you know, I have to have people experience my food to know that, yes, it tastes as good as it looks. I love it, brother. I absolutely love it, man. So now we're at the part of the interview. There's just three questions I ask. Is I ask to all the people, you know, all my brothers to come on here because you guys are my brothers. First question is, you know, we all know that our past molded us and who we are. And we know that we had to go through certain stuff. You know, we had to navigate that to be who we are right now. But what kind of advice would the older you give to your younger self? Um, I would just say, you know, stay focused, you know. It's, it's, you know, you, you can't, you can't rewind time. And I, you always say, man, if I knew that back then, you know, but just stay focused, you know, you, you, it's real easy to drift along uh, and, and not, not make really achieve anything. You know, once you, once you've got a goal in mind, stay focused on it. Now, whether it's going to work or not, you won't know that until you follow along with the path. But if you don't stay focused, you'll, you'll, you'll never know exactly what could have come about of that idea or that, that you know, that journey we're trying to take. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Good stuff, man. So the second question, um, we had talked earlier, I touched on mentor young boys, and I'm a big proponent of strengthening your mind, your body, and your spirit. Can you tell us or share how you personally strengthen either one or all three of those areas? Um, mind, body, and spirit. So, you know, I, I'm a runner. I like to run. I've trained for a couple of marathons. People always ask me, how do you eat all this cheese and all this food uh, corn? <laughs> and part of it is cardio, lots of good cardio. Um, I have not been doing it as much as I would like to because, you know, I got a roommate that likes to wake up super early and in the middle of the night sometimes. But I do like to practice yoga and meditation. I highly recommend meditation. Nice. Um, you know, I really need to get back into it, but just even five minutes just to start your day, it helps kind of clear your mind and get you ready, you know, um, in that aspect. I think more of us need to get into that. I, I joke with my wife then to show you how old this is. She had got me on VHS this uh male yoga abs tape. And I was like, man, you about rip my leg, rip my torso apart. I had to do one of those moves. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Slow, you know. You don't oh. have to do it. But. Yeah, buddy. Because you, you know that old athlete, and you be like, oh, I could do this. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I went in there. But, yeah, that was back. I, I saw that. I was cleaning the garage the other day. It was in the tote, man. My kids <laughs> don't even know what VHS tapes are, you know. Yeah, like, right. I mean, man. We we ain't gonna talk about DVDs. We don't even know what DVDs are anymore with some of these young kids. But let let, let alone VHS. Yeah, man. don't even have them anymore. So <laughs> then the last question I got for you, brother. Uh, just over the conversation, is there anything that 
we didn't cover that you would like to tell young brothers that are either thinking about getting into your field or thinking about possibly following their passion and, and, and doing a career change? Um, I would just, you know, double back and just say stay focused and be willing to work. Um, people ask me a lot of times, like, hey, man, you know, so is this just like you're cooking dinner and then you just took some pictures? Like, no, sometimes it's also, the, well, it's always the meal. I'm always cooking dinner. But there are times when I don't feel like cooking or I don't feel like taking pictures. Or I don't feel like making a video, but I do it because for one, it's your 10,000 hours or whatever you want to call it of, of learning your craft. Uh, but also you've got to just, you've got to, you've got to make sure that you put in, you know, whatever you're trying to do, put it out there for the world because you just never know who's, you know, who's watching you, who's seeing what you're doing, who's ready to give you that next opportunity. So whatever it is, it takes determination. You know, it's, it's cliche in the sense of overnight, you know, sensation, but all those overnight sensations, they were working well before they became that sensation. And that takes, it takes work. It takes dedication. You know, it's not easy. You know, I've, I've had a lot of, you know, I had conversations because it's funny because I had friends when I first started this. Actually, when I, when I first started this, I had two other friends that all also like to cook. And I was like, hey, man, look, you know, I think we can kind of do this little social media thing. We all, each will do, you know, one dish a week and I'll, I'll just manage it. Everybody just put into it. And they were like, ah, oh, you know. We ain't doing that shit. You know, I'm like, okay, all right, you know. And they would, uh, you know, make fun of me when I'm, you know, posting pictures and taking pictures out and stuff like that. And, of course, when it started growing and growing, they're like, oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, man, you know, I'm going to tell y'all. But anyways, <laughs> point being is that, you know, you, you've got to stay stick with it. You know, you've got to stick with it. Nothing happens overnight. And the longer you do it, the better you'll be at it. You know, I, you know, I was a lawyer, you know, for... 15 years and I've been in this food game seriously for two years, three years, which is a minuscule amount of time. You know, I've, I've been able to achieve a little bit of success, but nothing on the on level I'm aspiring to. So you have to stick with it. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. So just make sure you, you you're dedicated to it. If you're really serious about it, keep doing it. You know, it's going to be long hours. It should be long hours. If it's not long hours, it's probably not worth it because you're probably not doing something that's worthwhile. It should be long hours. It should be difficult at some point in time. At some point in time, you should be like, man, do I really want to do this? And if you don't, then don't do it. But if you do, then keep doing Exactly. Exactly. Good stuff, man. And I know this likes to also too, but I was thinking about being a foodie. What you think about Austin, man? You like to, you know, all those food trucks down there. I love Austin, man. I, you know, I was, you know, so my mother lives down in Houston. So I would, you know, go down there once a month and I cut down the back way down 35 through Waco and I'd hit Austin, you know, once a month as well, just trying to, you know, pick up on the different food scene and stuff like that, you know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, it, it's, it's funny. And I, I had, I had no intention on being in Texas this long. I came here for a visit. <laughs> my sister in Houston for the summer. And, you know, 20 years later, I'm still in Texas. But uh, that's one thing I love. You know, you've got Houston, Austin, San Antonio, Dallas, Fort Worth, all within, you know, a couple hours drive of each other. So you can go check out different things when you in Texas while you're here. You know? It is. Especially being like in the area where at, because that 35 runs straight. You stop at the, the check stop to get you some pastries on the way through Waco. Exactly. And- they got a new Jamaican spot in Waco there. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I sent you the link. And we went there. Um, we went to the Baylor game. So they got a couple little soul food spots there. And then, like I said, of course, okay. Austin has, for people that don't know, tons. It's such an eclectic town. I mean, it's really yeah. – I, I don't know if I would like to live there, but I, I love visiting. We go down there for date night sometimes. We'll just hit the yeah, highway. I mean, I've always enjoyed Austin. It's like a – you know, it's like a – I don't – I'm, I'm going to mess this up, but, you know – People in Dallas hate people in Houston, and people in Houston mm-hmm. hate San Antonio. But everyone wants to live in Austin or something like that. Like I always enjoy living, visiting there. I've heard different things about actually living there, but it's mm-hmm. definitely my favorite city in 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 Texas. You know, I agree. I agree. It must be that Midwest boy guy thing, man. Because like I said, <laughs> it's a different vibe there, man. It's a different vibe. It is. It is. And you know, Fort Worth is 
It's it's coming along, man. You know, it's it's definitely. I know you you've been able to see the changes since you've been here, mm-hmm. and part of that is 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 Texas. You have to you have to you have to uh, uh, give kudos to Texas because people are moving to Texas. Yes, they are. The weather, the cost of living, it's attracting people, and so this influx of other people are making Texas into something different, which is going to be very interesting in the next ten years. You know. It is. It's it's this getting so so different here. <laughs> <It's> different. <laughs> well, man, I want to thank you, brother, man, for coming on the show. Um, want to pause and make sure that we put. Now, I'm definitely I'm putting all your stuff up on my website, but shout out and tell people how they can reach you. All the different avenues that they could they can find you online. Uh, Cookdrinkeat.com is where you find all my recipes. Uh, some of my videos up there, but cook. Drank, D-R-A-N-K, eat. And that's, you know, Twitter, uh, Instagram, YouTube. I'm trying to TikTok, but man, I ain't got enough time for TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. Yeah, follow me on TikTok, please. But uh, cookdrankeat.com. If, if you Google that, it'll take you all the, all the good places. And it's- start for my emails on my on my on my website. I'll let you know when I'm doing pop-ups. I try to do I, I tell people I do pop-ups anywhere people will pay me. So, you know, I've done them in Brooklyn and I've done them in, in Houston, Detroit. So, you know, I, I'll go anywhere as long as it makes sense. Yeah. What's up? You guys got a, uh, one of the Mellow Boys today, didn't you? Did we? I didn't I, see that. I haven't, I haven't I, been paying Was it Detroit? I think the last one got signed, maybe. maybe really? I, one of my buddies was sending me a text. Maybe I, I didn't read it right. I thought that said Detroit. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't been attached to my computer here for a minute. But I know. We, I know. I know they went. He went somewhere here recently, and they're doing a whole overhaul with the Pistons. So I wouldn't be surprised. Hopefully, they, they come back around, man. I'm a. I'm a East Coast. Uh, yeah. You know, I like the West. It's all fun and games. But I grew yeah. up with watching, you know, the Knicks and the Pistons right. and. Right, them powerhouse squads, man. They, right, Golden exactly. State. Nobody paid no attention to Golden State. We was growing unless when they had Miss Richmond. We liked the one they had Miss Richmond. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Run, yeah. run, TMC. Yeah, and they they yeah. had a couple squads come through there, but for the most part, yeah. it's like, man, get out of here. And then yeah, so that's a whole other story. Cause it's, it's a new, it's a whole new game now. They all uh, teaming up for super teams now. You know, it's it's, oh, yeah, it's no bad blood. They all got the same agent, the same people, the same girlfriends. They don't care. They just trying to get money and get a you know, easy ring. You know, I argue with my sons about that. And I was like, you know, on one hand, I get it. You're within the rules to do that. You know, and and I was like, but it's just we just don't come from that era, man. I was like, I can't imagine Jordan be like, hey, Pat, let's get together and and let's get Zeke together. And come on, man, how that sound? You know, part of that's being a crotchety old man, but yeah, it just wasn't like that. You know, we no. like I, I pride myself like Detroit made uh, Michael get a jumper. You know, for the last elbows, you had to get a jumper. You know, Hold on. They, they, they made Mike hit that gym and get them shoulders on that shoulder press going. That too, that too. they showed that in 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 the thirty for thirty or whatever. So yeah, it's it's, it's a different era. You know, it's, in in one sense, I. I love it. You know, I love seeing LeBron James become this, you know, global uh, uh, titan that he's becoming, you know, and, and dictating, you know, what he wants to do. And that's power. And so I do appreciate that, you know, yes. because these young men, they are dictating what they want to do, where they want to where they want to go. And they're going to make a bunch of money doing it. So I can. I can appreciate that. It's just in, in the terms of just watching it on TV and, and the yeah. rivalry, it's like, hey, I'm going to swap jerseys after this, you know. You know, and, you see, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because uh, me and my partners, we got into a debate about that. And a younger, younger partner of mine. And I was telling him, I was like, the thing about LeBron, I don't really care for how he did it with the gym, with the big announcement, you know. Right. right but right. what I really liked about it was, they did something that hadn't been done before because they always thought that the money they could dangle that carrot of money, and those brothers was yeah. willing to take a pay cut for a bigger yeah. goal. So yeah. for 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 them to not let that be the case, and for them to get together, and for them to do stuff that the people haven't seen, I get props for that, man. And, and on top of that, LeBron's just as far as a role model, man, just phenomenal man, husband, father. You know, how can you hate on the brother? Even if he 
you know, aside from anything, it's just like I got to give him props for that, man. It just yeah, Le- LeBron for me part of it is is that I do you know I have people that hate on LeBron and uh, it's it's unwarranted. I mean, if you're talking about a brother that came from nothing, uh, or what he's accomplished with no missteps. I mean, you're talking about the minorest of things in terms of what we don't like about the situation. Uh, no missteps along the way. And you've got people that have done ridiculous things in terms of the law. Uh, I said my daughter was going to come in at one point in time, didn't I? (laughs) (laughs) Hey. (laughs) No, no, I just like like the problem for what he's accomplished, what he's, the tone he's setting for other athletes, you know, know, trying to be uh, 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 um, you know, a, a, a leader in terms of change. Yes. Uh, you know, you you can't you can't hate on that. You know, yeah. it, you know, as a, as a black man being being uh, successful. So, in, in and of itself, I just that's that's why I like. You know. Yeah. Same here, brother. Same here. I ain't a Lakers fan, but you know, I, I root for a success, man. Plus, I'm from Ohio, so you know, it was the funniest thing I remember. I had an old coworker he ended up passing away. Older guy. He was like, it was this. He used to call him Lee. This LeBron James, man, you need to come see him. He's playing at the at the Schottenstein. You know, he he's from Akron, and he's gonna be the next Jordan. He would, I mean, before anybody was talking about him in high school, uh, he was talking about this kid, man. And so it was kind of cool to watch his career and now see him, you know, be a mentor I mean, to these young brothers, man. Ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the people that have that hype never achieve any no. percentage. Of that. I mean, you can go you can go down the list of people that had that kind of same. Any any kind of hype like that, and what have they actually done? He's exactly. been able to achieve it, like I said, with without injuries, without, without injuries. injuries. It's crazy. Without kind of crazy drama, you know, legally yeah. is concerned. You know, I mean, I you know, I was a sports agent briefly, and you know, I understand that you know a lot of these kids, for one, you know, the guidance is is not there growing up, so that's part of an issue. Exactly. Um, but they don't care because they're like, I'm going to make millions of dollars, so it doesn't matter. Well, it's, uh, it still matters. You can make millions more. Two could all be, always be taken away from you. So the fact that he still had the, you know, the wherewithal to make sure you stay within some kind of you know, boundaries and have some kind of, of, of a semblance of, 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 of structure uh, is, is impressive. You know, it's, it, you know, any young person that's able to achieve and not misstep is doing the right thing. You know, exactly. it's very easy. I know when I was 20 years old, I wasn't ready to be on a world stage. <laughs> Brother, me, we, we were joking. Me and mom was like, we glad that we didn't have cell phones then. We had them Polaroids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, exactly. So I was like, you know, I try not to be too hard on them kids. I was like, because you know, daggone, we would have acting a fool if we had social media and stuff. We we had pages and calling houses and hanging exactly. up after two rings. We was doing all kinds exactly. of crazy stuff. Man. Exactly. Exactly. So, so, yeah. Well, good stuff, man. I enjoyed chatting with you, brother, man. I definitely, we're going to be in touch, man. Like I said, I, I follow you, man. And I'm going to hit you up from time to time and join your mailing list and make sure that awesome. once this COVID stuff, we get a hold of that and bring my old lady down there, man. We, we enjoy some of your food. We were talking, so we were talking about last night. Like, man, we're going to have to try something. Cause she knows I'm not a big pasta person. Uh, okay. But if I see some pasta, like, it, it depends on how it's made. And you, what was right, you made? Right. You made something with some Parmesan noodles. Or, I was just like, okay, I will eat that. <laughs> some stuff I get down with. So, yeah. Right. Man, so. Mm-hmm. I'm also, yeah, I'm also available for private, private parties. You know, I do that as well. I'm, I'm a chef. I come to your home. I cook. Set up clean leads. So, you know, if you have any kind of group get, get togethers in 2021, I'll also do that as well. So. We might have to do that, man. I got two sons graduating, man, this year. So I got one from graduating oh, wow. college and one graduating from high school. So, I oh, might, wow. have to look at, might have to look into that. That's fantastic. All right. Well, thanks again, brother, man. Everybody listening, cook, drink, eat. Make sure you check the website. I'm going to put uh, all the links on there if you guys didn't catch it. And you be safe out there, brother. You too, man. Take it all easy. Right. All right, man. Take care. Hope these authentic stories show different paths to success and provide mentorship. Please be sure to visit us at drjinterviews.com for additional content and social media info. Stay resilient.